Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and with me our basketball expert Diogo Valente. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know, man. What are we talking about today? Just like that, the EuroLeague round one uh, came to an end. After recapping the first five games of day one, today we come back to recap the second day of the competition and the four games that took place today. We start with uh, the game f- f- with between Fenerbahce and Milano. Duke, are you ready to get into it? Absolutely, man. Uh, I honestly have a lot to say today, so let's get it started. <laughs> I love it. I love that you are prepared and excited. That's uh, <laughs> that's what we want to, to see here. This game between Fenerbahce and Milano, it was an overtime win for Fenerbahce that at home beat it, and Milano that had a depleted backcourt heading into this game. Fenerbahce won 85-82. to 82. And the MVP of the game for Fenerbahce was Scotty Wilbekin. That was a dynamo of their offense. He ended the game with 19 points, one rebound, four assists, and one steal. This was a tactical game, as we could expect when we have coaches Massina and Coach Itudis on the bench. Milano started the game better and won the, the first quarter 23-19. to But Fenerbahce was able to answer. And uh, it was Milano in the, the end, in the fourth quarter, that had to recover from uh, eight points disadvantage heading into the fourth quarter to take the game into overtime where Fenerbahce was able to lock the victory. Let's start uh, with uh, Milano that had uh, Low, Hall and Baron out for this game. We saw a more engaged Voitman that was one of the, the best players of Milano during this game and that's the, those are good news after his struggles to, to get into a rhythm last season. Milano was looking for mismatches in the fourth quarter and looking for Voitman that ended the game with 21 points. And Mirotic uh, showed that he's ready to play at an MVP level. He ended the game with the highest PR for this Milano team and he ended with 27 points, 11 rebounds, one assist and two steals. What were your thoughts about this Milano's performance? Well, I mean, obviously, with all those injuries, I think their backcourt was very limited and that's why... Coach Messina went with a, a big starting lineup with Shields at the two. Uh, and I'm going to start with Shields now because starting the game, he, he was actually very good. He, he had like seven points in the first five minutes. And, and then he went scoreless basically for the rest of the game. He, he hit a, a three in overtime, I think. Um, but I just think with all those guys injured, uh, he needs to be consistent scoring the ball and helping Miritic carry that load because... Miritic played an amazing game. He was very efficient. He he got on the boards. He did a bit of everything and finished with 27 points. He, he played a great game, even though he was being guarded by one of the best defenders in the league in Nigel Hayes-Davis. Uh, Weichmann was great to see him play at a high level because last year he, he wasn't able to be the player that we know him to be. So it's very nice for him to start this season playing at this pace. Um, Milano started the game pretty well, actually, uh, sharing the ball moving on offense, and that's usually a problem for for Milano team. Uh, it was last year before Napier got there. They were too stagnant. They, they weren't shooting, shooting the ball enough. And I think this season they are coming in uh, with a lot of improvements on, on that aspect. So I think in the long run, I, I believe they're going to have a great season. Uh, today was a tough matchup uh, against a great team in Fenerbahce and all of those guys injured. So it was, it was going to be tough for them to come out of here with a win. 
So I think it's a positive that they were able to get into overtime and fight for this game because it could have fell for their side. So I think they played a, a very good game overall. Mertic looked every bit the part of a MVP. And I think one of the things that we saw on this game was the team playing with confidence for having him uh, playing in the team and playing so well. I think we are seeing the Mirotic that we expected to see having a bounce back season in a way he was brilliant and he's always a high level player but uh, to be extremely dominant and the indications on this game and as you said being defended by probably the best wing defender of the the Euro League Mirotic was able to to be dominant and uh, Fenerbahce came, comes back into this game when they start doubling Mirotic as soon as he starts his dribble actions. That was a way that uh, Fenerbahce and Cochitudis found to adjust and to stop Milano's actions and to, to disrupt Milano's actions in the second and mostly on the third quarter when they were able to, to build their advantages. And let's look into, into Fenerbahce's performance. Besides getting the win, Wilbekin was clearly a determinant player for them. We spoke about the needing a five that stretches the floor. We spoke about how Shanley can fit that role. But after all, I guess Papa Giannis, that went three of three from three, the three-point line. He's shooting with confidence and he seems to have added that to his game. And despite coming off the bench, he played 31 minutes, scored 15 points, grabbed four rebounds. Having Papa Giannis playing at this level and uh, Wilbekin healthy, it's clearly what Fenerbahce could uh, ask for. I mean... Certainly, I wasn't expecting this type of performance from him, especially <laughs> shooting the ball. But, uh, I mean, I guess if we're a Fenerbahce fan, we'll take it, right? Uh, I mean, uh, Shanley, he only played six minutes and he, he didn't produce at the level I expected uh, as far as his role for this team. But if you have Papa Gianni stepping up and, and hitting those three-point shots, I mean, that's great for them. So, a lot of credit to him for working on that part of the game because, like we said, uh, after last season, it was very important for this Fenerbahce team to have a big that can shoot. Now, again, I wasn't expecting for Papa Giannis to be that guy, but he, he did a great job today coming off the bench and making a real impact on the game. Uh, I believe Fenerbahce started the game uh, playing very aggressive defense, especially with Yamadar setting the tone for them. And, and once the rotation started, that kind of went away. And, and that's why Milano had a, a nice run uh, late in the first quarter, early in the second but, but then Fenerbahce was able to, to get back to playing good defense. And again, Nigel Ace Davis, he, he had a terrible game offensively. But one thing you can always count on with him is effort and defense. And he, he did his part. I mean, obviously, Mirotic is still a great player. So he's still going to put up big numbers regardless. But I think he did a very good job bothering him and just staying on him the whole time. Uh, and then you had contributions from guys like Goodrich off the bench and Tyler Dorsey who also did a good job guarding Shields, even though he's a lot smaller than Shields. But he, he played a very good game as well. So uh, And, of course, Scotty Wilbekin. Uh, I mean, I believe last season, because he was hurt so much, that's why we saw guys like Nigel Hayes-Davis and Deshaun Pierre stepping up scoring-wise and having great seasons. But with Wilbekin now playing at this, this level, uh, I think this balances this Fenerbahce team a lot more. And you still have a guy like Jonathan Motley, who didn't have a good game, but uh, he's going to get better for sure. And he's not going to score two points uh, a, a lot a lot of times, so he's going to get better. So uh, this is a great win for them, obviously against a, a direct opponent in that playoff hunt because Milano will also be up there. So it's very important for Fenerbahce to get this home win. Uh, we had them as favorites and they lived up to it. So great win for them. And more than that, I think we saw 
a battle between two top teams of the, the EuroLeague. And Milan showed that they belong there and they are ready to take that step. And it will come down to, to health with Milano. And uh, yeah. they started in that sense. They started poorly with having all of these absences for the, the very first game of the season. But if it's a team that can stay healthy and they have the depth to withstand some injuries here and there, but especially on the backcourt and so many injuries at once, uh, that's something that uh, we have seen Milan struggling with on the, the past season. And that's something that we need to monitor because that is the obstacle that can get on the way of them to, to become a playoff team. They are looking the part and they are performing at that level. Let's see if they can keep their players healthy and if Mirotic can perform once again at the MVP level. But if yesterday we had many blowouts and games that ended up not being as competitive as usually the early games are, Let's go from an overtime game to another overtime game, this time around in the Greek derby between Paratinaikos and Olympiakos. First note was the environment in the Waka Arena. It was packed. It was hot as we love to see it. So shout out to all the Paratinaikos fans out there. And the players on the court just matched that and had a high level game uh, a highly competitive game good moments for one team and the other here and there but that's part of the the round one of the competition it was with a 21 to 13 second quarter that Paratinakus got into halftime in the lead 43 to 36 Slukas and Juancho were the best at uh, halftime with 13 points for Sluka and uh, 5 points 5 rebounds and 2 assists for uh, Juancho Olympiakos in the fourth quarter started with an 11-0 win to start the, the fourth and to get a four-point lead after starting the, the fourth quarter down by seven points. The game went to overtime and in overtime Olympiacos was able to, to be superior and to, to lock this win. For Olympiacos it was a, a team effort once again as we can expect from them with some particularly good individual performance mainly the MVP of the game Alec Peters that we will get to right after but let's first look into Paratinaikos that uh, had on Matias Lasort one of their top players. Matias Lasort, Costas Lucas and Juancho were statistically the top players for this uh, Paratinagos team we had uh, Marius Grigonis starting and playing 30 minutes on this game ending with uh, 17 points Juancho gave good indications and doing a bit of everything uh, on both ends of the court he ends the game with uh, 13 points 10 rebounds and uh, 2 assists did Paratinagos perform at uh, a higher level than uh, you expected or this is just a derby and we can expect this type of uh, games every time this these two teams will meet. Yeah, I, I believe we can expect it. I mean, uh, after that Super Cup final where Olympiakos just demolished Panathinaikos, I expected Panathinaikos to come out, uh, I'm not going to say with, with revenge on their minds, but kind of like looking to be better and, and to prove that the difference between both teams is not all that. So uh, I thought Panathinaik is going to come into this game very motivated to to prove everybody that they are better than what they showed in, in the last game. And I believe in the first half, they, they did a great job. I mean, Slukas uh, obviously played against his, his former team. He, he started the game at a high level coming off the bench and just scoring. He, like you said, he had 13 in the first half. Uh, I believe in the second quarter, uh, Panathinaik had a, that great run because uh, Bartzukas, and we know this from last year, he, he sticks with his guys, he sticks with his game plan, he, he doesn't change it. And it was a lot of time during that second quarter with the whole bench lineup 
And I believe that's why Panathinaikos was able to to get in, into the flow and get that lead because Olympiakos wasn't really able to produce with that lineup. Uh, but Slukas did a, a great job. Uh, all the guards from Panathinaikos, and I, I said this on a preview, uh, if Panathinaikos wanted to win this game, uh, I thought the guards would need to be the difference makers. And Slukas played very very good in the first half. Grigonis played an amazing game all around. And they just did a good job attacking pick and rolls. Uh, Olympiakos was switching a lot. So they did a good job attacking those bigs and scoring inside and kicking it out to shooters. But uh, I think they played a very good game. I loved the game that Juancho had, just making winning plays, uh, effort plays, going to offensive rebounds, uh, getting steals. I mean, he was amazing overall. And I believe he was the best player on the floor for this Panathinaikos team today. Uh, Slukas, he had way too many turnovers. And that's not a that's kind of uncharacteristic for him because he's always such a composed player and I think today, at times, he tried to do a little bit too much. Uh, but still, he, he still played a good game offensively, despite the turnovers. Uh, Matias Lesort, he had that turnover at the end. Uh, maybe Panathinaikos could have had a, a final shot and win, win the game in regulation. But, I mean, it, it happens. And credit to Olympiakos for, for staying alive in, in that overtime. But I think Panathinaikos played a good game. It's just about being more disciplined at the end to, to try to get the win. And on the other end, if uh, Alec Peters was the MVP of the game, what to say of Thomas Walkup? Everybody that listens to us knows that we are huge fans, but uh, he's becoming and he's uh, an amazing basketball player on both ends of the court. He's not only an elite defender, he's uh, a great, great offensive player as well. He ended this game with 17 points and shooting five uh, from 10 from deep. That's a great improvement of his game that really helps to unlock this uh, Olympiakos team. Olympiakos that didn't have some players available for this game, like Barazdaikis. What did you thought of this Olympiakos performance? Mostly, uh, for me, it was their ability to, to stay in the game and to keep fighting. That's something that we can expect from them. The defensive performance and the, their uh, feisty spirit will always be there. And that's why they tend to, to always grab a lot of regular season wins. We saw more of that from this Olympiakos team, but where do you think that uh, they stand right now after an off-season where they lost some important players and they brought some new players in? Well, uh, I think Alec Peters actually did a great job replacing a guy like Sasha Vezenkov uh, in this game. Uh, <laughs> new league <Euroleague> MVP. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to give a, a shout-out to Jake and Michael from the Players' View uh, because I was watching that game uh, on the Players' View and Jake said that maybe Alec Peters was learning something from Luke Sigma as far as playmaking and passing because he <laughs> had four assists and it was some great reads out there. And I think Alex, Alec Peters played an amazing game overall, um, hitting threes, passing the ball, getting on the boards. He, he was so efficient. He was so good for Olympiacos today. And then, of course, Thomas Walkup. He, we, we always know him for, he, for his defense, but to see how far he's came offensively and today... Uh, starting the game, Panathinaik was, was going under on, on the screens and giving him the three-point shot. And he, he did a great job knocking those down. He shot 5 for 10 from three. And if you told me like two years ago that Thomas Walker pushed 10 threes in the game, I would say you're crazy. But, I mean, it happened today and he shot 50%. So that's awesome for him. Um, you saw like in the end of the fourth, fourth quarter, uh, Panathinaik was, was blitzing the pick and roll instead of just letting him shoot because... Obviously, he made five during the game, so you couldn't just give him that. Uh, Isaiah Kanan was awesome. Like in the first half, he had like a 
some battle of words with coach Adaman and then the crowd was just on him and, and he responded. He hit some big shots and he was very good. Nigel Williams got us off the bench also was very important for them. And then, of course, Milutinov is just too big in this matchup versus Panathinaikos because Lasort is kind of undersized for the center position. And Balsarovsky, I mean, Milutinov is a big dude and he showed his experience. He showed his dominance inside and he was very important for this Olympiakos win. So great job by them. Uh, again, that bench unit struggled a lot. And I don't know if that's something that throughout the season... Coach Bartzukas might have to take a look at, but like similarly to last year, he he trusts his players, he's tr- he trusts his game plan, and, and he's he's gonna stick by it. So today it didn't work out in the second quarter, but there has been a lot of games in the past where that bench unit won them the game. So he's gonna stick to it. And this is a great win they, by Olympiakos in in overtime. They were completely dominant. The, that defense was amazing in the overtime. They didn't allow Panathinaikos to do anything. So this is a great win for them on the road, on a rivalry game. And this is going to help them a lot. Going they had to go heavy on minutes. And of course, the overtime is inserted in here. The Thomas Walcott played 38 minutes and 45 seconds. Alec Peters played 36 minutes, 50 seconds. Milutinov, 35 minutes, then 34 seconds. Having Fall, Brasdaikis, Makinski certainly will help in the, the rotation and will help on their bench units as well. We know what Olympiakos is. It's a highly competitive team. I'm, I'm certain that uh, we will see another great season by Olympiakos. Let's look into the next game and the game between Valencia and Monaco where Valencia got the win, 70-65. to 65. For Valencia, it was what we can expect from them, a team trying to play at a high pace, shooting a lot from three, and at uh, halftime, they were leading 39-38 to 38 behind a good performance, a shooting six from 11 from deep versus five from 13 from uh, Monaco and out-rebounding Monaco 18-12, to, to 12, with uh, several absences for Monaco, especially on the backcourt, where Campbell Walker and Jordan Lloyd both weren't playing. Campbell Walker is expected to make his debut for Monaco soon. Monaco started Mike James with uh, Teddy Tarpe, Alpha Diallo, uh, John Brown, and uh, Monte Yunus. We saw some of the problems that we saw from this uh, Monaco team last season with some... Uh, struggles to shoot from deep and not being able to compete on that for, on that uh, front and also some rebounding issues. Do you think that that's just because of the absences and their firepower of the players that they had missing will take care of it for them? They, they definitely need to step up. I mean, uh, rebounding issues, it's not going to be Campbell Walker and Jordan Lloyd uh, solving <laughs> that. I mean, you had Monte Yunus, you had Dante Hall, Jaite didn't play, Corneli played seven minutes. I don't understand that decision. Uh, you had John Brown, and he didn't get a single rebound. I mean, it's not going to be Kemba and Jordan Lloyd. I, I can promise you that. So they definitely need to step up. And this was a, a typical game, in my opinion, of you are the clear f- favorites and you just relax. Because I, I thought Monaco's effort in this game was was kind of embarrassing because... They they are such a uh, they are a much better team than what they showed today. Uh, there's no reason for them to be out rebounded by Valencia when they have a, a rotation of bigs with Montiaunas, Jaite, Corneli, John Brown, and Dante Hall. I mean, it's just no excuse for that. Uh, outside of Mike James and Okobo, nobody can do anything offensively. Uh, I mean, Dante Hall ten minutes didn't score. Terry Tarpe eleven minutes didn't score. Corneli seven minutes didn't score. So. Outside of those two guys, just 
so much lack of creation. And obviously, Kemba and Jordan Lloyd will help on that aspect. But still, I mean, Monaco is clearly the better team, or, or should be. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but the bench unit was very bad. Uh, the plus minus for the bench unit is ridiculously bad. So they definitely need to step up. They, they got to play faster. They got to shoot more and be way more efficient. And they need to have more guys contributing because they have a, a great roster. We Obviously, we both had them as contenders. So it's obviously we believe that they have the potential for it. They they just got to put it together. Yeah, you're right on point regarding Monaco. They didn't perform at the level that they should be performing. So this is a team that will have to grow. But we know that they have the talent, they have the pieces, and uh, they will be able to do way more than the, they did today. Let's look at the team that did perform and did uh, fought and had that spirit, that fighting spirit to be able to get this uh, win and this important win at home, uh, Valencia. We said that uh, Sammy Ojale will fit like a glove on this team and he showed exactly that. He was their top scorer with 19 points, but he also had seven rebounds and was the, the game MVP. Duke, great game and this is exactly what Valencia does at home. They will play hard they will try to compete, they won't be afraid to, to play fast and uh, if the teams don't uh, show up prepared they will be able to, to get wins um, uh, Of course, I mean, they're going to shoot a lot, they're going to play hard and adding guys like Sammy Ojale and Brandon Davis they're going to be better defensively and today was a great aspect, uh, was a great example of it like allowing only 65 points to a team like Monaco is amazing. And Valencia did a great job today. Uh, you have Ojale contributing, contributing, shooting the ball from deep. He, he had three, three threes uh, out of four tries. Uh, Cassius Robertson played a, a decent game. Chris Jones, I mean, he's the floor general for them. Uh, he, had, he only had three assists, but he leads the way for them. He, he gets everybody in the right place. And, and he, he hit a big three in the clutch. And then they just had guys... Showing up and, and playing hard. Damian English played a very good game. He was big on the boards. And it, it's about effort, in my opinion. This game was all about effort because Valencia wanted to win and Monaco was like, okay, another game. And to me, that's one of the worst things in basketball is when favorite teams just show up and relaxed and just don't care if they win or not. And I'm not saying Monaco doesn't care to win these games, but like the body language and... The performance they had, it looks like that. And that's just a bad look overall. I think they can be so much better than this, and they really need to prove it. But credit to Valencia because they played a very good game. They were very disciplined, especially defensively. They did a great job on the boards, and they definitely deserve this win. Well, I'm confident that we can stay on that team and talk about the game between Bascogne and Real Madrid, where we saw Real Madrid having some of the, the same problems, despite coming out of this game with a two-point win, 79-77. Let's start with the, the home team that uh, came prepared to play and played at uh, the high pace, as we can expect from them. They shot very poorly from three. They shot five from 27, only 18.5%. And when Basconi shots like that, they will struggle to, to win games. But they came with a, a good game plan heading into this game. And with Walter Tavares missing this game due to injury, we saw Basconi attacking the rim and going to the line early in the game. And that was key for them to build an uh, early lead. Monike brought energy off the bench. And uh, in uh, only three minutes, as soon as he came to the court, he scored seven quick points, attacking the basket, being very energetic and and being able to be that spark of the bench that certainly Basconi will want him to be. 
they tried to explore Tavares' absence, and at halftime they were leading 47 to 43, despite shooting four from 16 from deep, and uh, Real Madrid being able to stay on the game by insanely three-point shoot performance in the the first half, shooting 10 out of 20. Basconia out-rebounded Real Madrid at the halftime, 27 to 15, and Moneke was the leading scoring at halftime with uh, 11 points. At the end of the game, uh, Basconi had an incredible advantage in the rebounds, uh, rebound getting 53 against um, 36 from um, from Real Madrid. But uh, despite that, and once again relying on players like Sergio Gil to, to perform uh, when they need to, uh, Bas- uh, Real Madrid was able to, to secure this uh, victory. Let's look at uh, Basconia, and I think there are reasons to be satisfied with the performance of a player like Chimo Moneke, but uh, Marcus Howard went 1 of 8 from from the three-point line, and the team shooting 5 from 27. Like this, it's hard for Basconia to be able to, to win these games, even if they were able to stay competitive by the sheer factor that they just have way more uh, possessions, possessions in this game than Real Madrid did. I mean... It- if you were to tell me in this specific matchup that Marcus Howard was going to shoot 4 for 15, uh, Basconia was going to score 5 threes and Real Madrid 15, I would probably say, well, Real won by 20 plus. But that wasn't the case at all. And that's credits to Basconia because they played very good defense, uh, which is something that we, we said that for them to be able to be competitive, they, they need to be good defensively so that they can run and shoot the ball. They didn't shoot the ball well today, but they played a very good game defensively. And I believe they deserve a lot of credit for that. They, The fact that they won 53 rebounds against Real Madrid is impressive. And 21 offensive rebounds, it's even more impressive. So I believe as far as effort and hustle, I think Basconia did a great job. And they totally outperformed Real Madrid on this one. Uh, Moneke did a great job bringing the energy like he always does. Uh, Khalifa Diop was a, a pleasant surprise today. He, he had a, 11 rebounds, six of them offensively, and he did a good job scoring inside. Uh, I think Nico Manian played good coming off the bench. Uh, maybe if Howard had a, a better game and was more efficient, maybe they would have had a shot to win this game. But uh, overall, uh, I'm pretty impressed with what I saw from Basconia today. Cedric Kerskis is another dude that's going to bring the effort and the energy every time he steps on the court. He had 10 rebounds uh, as a wing player. It's just impressive what he's able to do. So I, I'm very, I, I'm actually very satisfied with this Basconia performance. Obviously, Real is the more talented team, but Basconia didn't back down. They they fought and they they had the lead for most of the game. It, Real was just more disciplined at the end, and they were able to secure the win. But Basconia did a great job, and this should be a positive sign for for what's to come. Certainly, Basconi left good indications, but uh, let's uh, end with uh, Real Madrid that uh, got this uh, two-point win in the end. We had the disappointing performances by Fokuno Campazzo that ended the game with just uh, two points in 22 minutes. And once again, they relied on players like Sergio Lul with 15 points, Yabosela with 18, and Musa with uh, 13. And uh, their discipline and their ability to perform in the clutch to secure the, this win. Could or should we have expected more from the defending champions? Well, I think everybody should have expected more from the defending champions. I mean, 
when you look at the the team that's the the, the current champion who who heads Facundo Campazzo, who is one of the best point guards in Europe. I mean, I know Eddie Tavares and Gabriel Deck were hurt, but it's still it's not an excuse for the performance that they had. I mean, Campazzo was very bad today, shooting one for ten. That's not good at all. Five assists. I mean, okay, he, he could have had more. Honestly, uh, Mario Zonia fouled out in ten minutes. That's just not good. They, they were not disciplined. I think this is a sign. Uh, this shows how undisciplined the team was overall. Uh, it was just a matter of them guys like Sergio Lul and Yabuzeli. They, they stepped up in the second half and, and they were able to secure the win. But this is just, it's embarrassing in my opinion because with the roster they have, with the depth they have, with the options they have, it's no reason for them to play like this. And this was a problem from last year as well. It's like they didn't take the, the regular season seriously and then ju they just show up for the playoffs, played like they are capable of, and they won the championship. And I don't want them to do that again this year. I, I want them to be consistent throughout the whole season because they have the team for that. They have the pieces for that. So it's just a matter of getting on the court and, and really playing at the best level that you can, which I, I don't think they did today, not, not even close. So uh, I'm expecting Real to be a lot better and they should expect that from themselves, honestly because this was a very bad for performance, even though they got the win. But obviously, a win is a win, no matter how ugly it is. But I think they need to be a lot better. And that's what round one is for. We will see a lot of rust and teams that should be performing at a higher level. There will be a lot of growth, through, growth throughout the season and from players and from teams. And this will certainly be a highly competitive Euroleague season. And uh, despite the, the results of this uh, round one, everything is open. We have a lot of basketball ahead and we will be covering it all here at the European Hoops Podcast. Subscribe to it so you don't miss out on any episodes. Follow us on Twitter at Ito Zero League. And as always, I'll be talking with you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you on next episode.